Welcome inside. This is the JSK Media Sports Podcast. It's that time of the week, the best time of the week. And I was stumbling on my words because I also want to say it's that time of the year, the best time of the year. We got NFL coming up. We got college football, baseball's narrowing down. I mean, we, we always talk about what's the best time for sports, but this one's pretty right darn now. good. This one's right pretty now. darn good. I'm Jonah Kligman. I'm alongside Sean Schball. This is the podcast where we hang out, talk sports, make some picks, and are sure to play some games. Stick around. We'll catch you up on the sports world. A lot to catch you up on. A lot of predictions to make. We got so much. Let's jump right into things. Sean, last Friday, it was officially announced that next year, Cal, Stanford, and SMU will join the ACC. That's the Atlantic Coast Conference, ironically. So next year, there's going to be 18 teams in the ACC. And look, this is not out of nowhere. We've talked about it, but it is official. And for me, as a Cal fan, a Cal student, and a person whom this affects directly, I when people, a lot of, I woke up Friday, I was sleeping in. So when the news came out, I was in slumber. So I woke up to a bunch of texts on my phone. Everyone wanted my input, Sean. Everyone wanted my input, right? And you know what I would call it, Sean? What would you call it? It's a great worst case scenario. Look, the Pac-12 right now, it's talented and strong. And in a perfect world, it would remain. But we don't live in a perfect world. We live in this one. And in this one, Cal will be playing in the ACC. So all I could do now is look on the bright, bright side and look forward to playing new teams. Thoughts that uh, this is official, Sean? I think it's definitely interesting. I think over the past couple of years, talking about more Cal and Stanford specifically, not as much SMU. Right. But... Neither of them have been very good at, you know, the big sports, I mean, like a football and basketball. Neither of them have been very good in a Pac-12 that, like you said, is now very strong, but for the past five to seven years has not been, has been the worst of the Power Five schools. And they've both been pretty low. And the ACC is, that's big boy football. These are big Southern teams that are going to play hard with a lot of good teams, especially in basketball. You got the UNCs in there. You got good, good teams playing basketball. So I think this is going to be really tough for Cal and Stanford in those big sports, especially the beginning. I think once more recruits see that, you know, the academics that Cal and Stanford have, and then now they're also playing in a bigger league. You still get to live in California and up in the Bay Area. They'll start to recruit better. But for the first couple of years, I think it's going to be really tough for them to compete and compete consistently in those big sports. Listen, when you're talking Olympic sports, Cal and Stanford are going to be very competitive. They're both very good at those Olympic sports. But the majority of people, majority of sports fans are really only watching football and basketball. And I think for the first five years, Cal and Stanford are really going to struggle playing the ACC. Cal's basketball record last year in the Pac-12 was 3-29. and and that's getting games against Oregon that's State rough. and Stanford and UW and Colorado. And now you're going to be playing Duke, yeah, North Carolina. UNC. I mean, football, I think, will be about the same. They're a 4-5 win team. And I think playing in that division, it'll stick there. You'll have your wins. You'll have your losses. But looking at basketball, 
it's a nightmare for Cal. It's a nightmare for Stanford. But again, just want to elaborate because I want to be prideful about something as a golden bear in swimming, in water polo, in gymnastics. Cal dominates. I mean, dominates against the best competition. California in the Pac-12, best competition in those Olympic sports, as you mentioned. My fellow classmates, so to speak, they will be competing in Paris this summer. And now they're going to be playing the ACC. And look, I don't want to you know, talk out of my behind here. I don't know too much about the ACC's position in those sports. But Cal, who is dominating in the best division, the Pac-12, they will annihilate those other teams. But let's pivot here. Stick with college, college football. And the Pac-12, Sean, got to stick with the Pac-12. They don't have a loss. All, 13-0. All 12 teams have not lost a game. They're all 1-0 except USC, who is 2-0, including some elite quarterback talent. I mean, the the stardom, just Caleb Williams over at USC, Bo Nix up in Oregon, Michael Penix Jr. at UW. I mean, even Cam Rising in Utah. And now, ladies and gentlemen, Shador Sanders, Deion Sanders' son. I mean... It seems like such a shame for this division to be dissolved at this point in time. I don't know if the Pac-12 has ever had more quarterback talent than this year, but maybe it's because it's going that we're all valuing it so much and putting it on such high praise because we know it's going. But at the very least, this is a really fun year for the Pac-12, and they got a lot of first-round picks in here, Sean. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think this is... Especially, I mean, listen, Cam Rising's had some great years. Shadur Sanders had that great start. He had one good game. When you, you know, I don't want to, you know. When you look at Caleb Williams, Bo Nix, and Michael Penix, those are three of the top five quarterbacks in all of college football. Those are three guys that could absolutely beat first-round picks. Those are three guys that could start for an NFL team in a couple of years and be successful. I mean, th- this might be one of the more, if not the most talented division quarterback wise that college football has ever seen I mean like you said starting at the top and not to be too much of a homework because I think you take myself out of you're not USC, he just won Heisman everyone's talking about him like this Caleb Williams is absurd he's absurdly good at football uh, this man is one is probably the most talented quarterback coming out of college football since maybe Andrew Luck if not going back farther and you look at Bo Nix Michael Penix they're all Heisman in the Heisman running they're all in the conversation I would guess at least two Pac-12 players if not three might head to New York between Kayla Bonix Michael Penix Shador Sanders you look at Travis Hunter not a quarterback but the amazing stuff he's doing this they they really found a way to take a league that's been so terrible for the past couple of years and build it up for this last year C- coming down the wire it's going to be intense it's going to be fun there's going to be a lot of big games and it's it's going to bring a lot of entertainment to a lot of people. So I'm really excited to continue watching this Pac-12 and see which team's really the best out of this because it, it really has so many options. There's so many different teams. There's so many absurd offenses. It's It's really fun. Isn't it just crazy, though, that probably the most intriguing division in football this year won't exist next year? Won't exist. It's what, the Pac-2 now? Is it last? Pack two. Yeah. I don't, I don't care about those other two. I don't, <laughs> Sean, you know what it is for Oregon State and Washington State? It's my favorite kind of problem. You know what kind of problem? What? Not my problem. <laughs> yeah, who cares? 
Exactly. But it, it again, if if this was just another year in the Pac-12, would we be talking like this? Maybe. But for now, it's uh, let's enjoy it. But one of the guys I talked about up there was Shadur Sanders. How about this Colorado Buffalo team led by Sanders? He looks like a first-round pick. Is he uh, is he going to be go first round when he meets the draft very soon? And just come on, how fun was that game, TCU? How fun was that? So listen, <laughs> that was an amazing game. It was a shootout, 45-42, came down to the wire. Quarterback played amazing. Travis Hunter's a stud. But I, I mean, listen, I don't want to completely talk down what Colorado did this weekend because going from a team that won one game then beating the national championship runner-up in their first week is obviously incredible. What Dion's doing and the culture he brings, the players he brought in, is obviously amazing. But now to bring them back down to earth, TCU was probably the most overrated team in college football coming into this year. They had a great season last year. Max Duggan was phenomenal. They had a great running back. Quinn Johnston went off, and they had some great defensive players. All of those guys are in the NFL. They built up that team for four years and then lost everyone. They made that great run and lost everyone. So obviously Colorado played very well, but I think people are overreacting. I really do. They're a good team, but don't tell me they're a championship contender. Don't tell me they're better than USC and Oregon and Washington and Utah. Because they're not. They're not. They're a good team. But they gave up 45 points to a first-year quarterback, a team that lost both their coordinators and the rest of their offense. It's a great point. They still gave up 42 points to them. What do you think Caleb Williams is going to do with that offense or Michael Penix or, or Bo Nix who scored 81 this weekend? These Pac-12 offenses, it doesn't matter how much Shadur scores. That Colorado defense is not containing anyone. And I think they'll... They're not going to win the Pac-12. They'll lose at least three games. They'll lose at least to USC. I don't know if they play Washington. I think USC, Oregon, Utah are the three they play. I think they'll at least lose all three of those games. And and listen, give it a couple more years. Dion continues recruiting and just bringing in guys because of the character he is, because of the reputation he has. But uh, people walking in saying Shadur's winning the Heisman and Colorado's going to the playoff need to take a step back so they won one game you know give them time to play a different opponent that actually brought back some of their better players and I think people are going to come down to earth as to how good this Colorado team really is all right so I'm should I write you down for a ticket on the hype train do not write me that's what I got from that all right do not write me down all great points there Sean any last initial thoughts after the first full week of this college football season? I mean, no matter how boring week one can be and all the absurd blowouts, I just love this sport. And having it back is is just amazing. It's it's it brings so it's so much fun to watch and be involved with and I'm just happy it's back. I'll tell you what, week one next year won't be as boring and we could sit here all we want and cry about the Pac-12 because they have so many good quarterbacks, but next year you're not going to have these blowouts. This is true. It's be fun. Absolutely. All right, let's pivot 
to Major League Baseball seasons, regular seasons wrapping up. This is going to be a fun October. But for now, here's a here's a mystery player. And I more so want you to talk about would you want this player on your team before you guess who the player is? Because I have a feeling you might know because they've been in the media as of late. So I'm going to read the, the stats of a mystery player. And I want you to tell me if you'd want this player on your team. 193 batting average, 40 home runs, 39 singles, 175 strikeouts. Think about that. We're not even done with the season. 175 strikeout. strikeouts, but an 813 OPS. So I think if I'm adding this player to my team, it depends what their role is, how much money they're making, how much of my ca- or how much of my salary I'm really giving up to have them on my team. But like you know 40 home runs his OPS is above average so I I think like he's a guy I'd like to have on my team for the right price I mean if he's my star then I don't want this would you pay 20 million a year 20 million to strike out 175 times yeah but 40 home runs I know all the stat nerds would be screaming if they heard me right now but you're striking out it's going to be 200 times and you have a 193 batting average. I 20 think million? 20 million, I'd be close. All right. Do you know who it is? I do. Say it. It's Schwarber. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. Tw- you're getting paid. You don't get paid 20. Do you know who gets paid $20 million? If you're hitting at least 285. Yeah, but I don't know. Listen, what's what's his OPS? 813. Sean, like Freddie Freeman's making 27 million and he's hitting over 330. Well, listen, Freddie Freeman's underpaid. He should be making a lot more than that. Could you imagine paying just I know seven million dollars is a lot of money, but in the scheme of everything, in but our listen. perspective, it's not. So to pay seven million dollars less than Freddie Freeman to have a guy strike out two hundred times in a season and hit below the Mendoza line. Because great, you hit 40 homers. Come on. But but now looking at his stats, his his on-base percentage is 340. He walks. I, I guess. Well, that's think, why his OPS people, is there. I think people overvalue batting average. Look, this is Sean, Muncy. Look, this is Muncy. I know it's Muncy. I know it's Muncy. Sean, look, at the end of the day, like, I know there's all these crazy stats now and call me ignorant and call me what you want. But at the end of the day, I just love batting average because I don't care. Look, if you have, if you're hitting 285, I do not care whether you hit the ball 200 miles an hour or if it was an infield hit. I want you getting hits. I do not care about hard hit, yada, yada, yada. I know you need those for scouting. I know those are needed. At the end of the day, I think batting average is like, look, I'm not saying it's the end-all, be-all stat that quantitates a player, but I feel like we're now in this place where this shouldn't be accepted. Hitting 193, but you hit 40 home runs? Come on. Listen, I understand where you come from with the 193. I mean, it's horrible, but if you don't care about the exit velocity and you're fine with an infield hit, then what's the difference if he walks? Yeah, I mean, I guess. What's Freddie Freeman's on-base percentage? He's getting on-base? Let me look up Freddie I mean, Freeman's on-base sure percentage. I'm sure it's ridiculous. 
I- I'm sure it's ridiculous. It's Freddie Seaman. Because I'll tell you what, he's walking and getting hit. It's 410. See? Like, I mean, listen, you you can't. Freddie Freeman is being underpaid. Freddie Freeman should be making 40 plus yeah, million dollars. 11 on base percentage. He's, he's the best pure hitter in all of baseball. He's a phenomenal first baseman. I mean, he's underpaid. He should be one of the highest player highest paid players in baseball. So you can't compare him to a guy that's being underpaid. Why not? No, I I see what you're saying. Yeah. I just But I I see I I do see where you're coming from. Three I mean three forty's great, but that's not like bouncing off the page. Like there's plenty, you know, like Ty France has a three forty one on base percentage. Uh, like Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. He is an average on base and he gets up his average amount of times, but he hits forty home runs. Yeah, but he's when he's not getting when he's getting out, it's a strikeout. He's not moving guys over. He's I, your four hitter, he's your five hitter, you know. He's not no, he's not my four hitter. I'm not hitting a guy in the middle of my lineup who's striking out two hundred times. That's like that's way too much. All right. Home stretch here, regular season. What team are you uh you keeping an eye on? I'm I'm keeping my eye on the Diamondbacks. They had an incredible start to the season. They have all these young guys. We've seen how talented Corbin Carroll is, and they kind of dropped off. But they're still just half a game back on a wild card spot. They're there. And I think I think this is a really fun team. They have some pitchers. They have guys like Corbin Carroll. They have some talent in that lineup. And I think it'd be really interesting to see these guys in a playoff and see what they can do when given the spotlight. So um, I'm keeping my eye on the D-backs. Yeah, I mean, you have San Francisco, Arizona, Miami, Cincinnati. Oh, it's crazy. All within two games. It's crazy. It'll be uh, It'll be fun for me. I got these Mariners, they are tied with the Astros for first place in the AL West. They haven't won the AL West since 2001 when oh they God. won an MLB high 116 games. It'd be great for the game if they won. Make the Astros maybe play that wild card round. Mariners are a fun team to watch. For now, Sean, it's luck o'clock. I lost. You won. Who do you like this week? I'm going to take the Reds. At home against the Cardinals. Cardinals season is I like that. quite literally over. The Reds are in that wild card race. They need the wins. The Cardinals don't. I think the Reds will come out firing and the Cardinals will kind of be done with the season. I'm going to take the Dodgers three game set in Washington this dog. weekend. That's going to be a lock, Sean. I That's, know it's on the road. Is, that is a lock of locks. I really hope so. I've been saving the Dodgers. It would suck if I lost with them. Oh, yeah. That'd be terrible. It's here, Sean. It's finally here. Football, baby. Pro football. And before we get into the nitty-gritty, for me, there is nothing better than a close, meaningful football game, entertainment-wise. I I think solving world hunger would be better than a close football game. But entertainment-wise, there is nothing better than a close, meaningful football game no movie no show i'm re-watching breaking bad right now it's phenomenal but a close monday night football game that's better that's the holy grail and that's what i'm looking forward to 
I know you could probably talk about, we could do a whole show on how much you love it and plenty of other Americans and maybe people around the world love it. But what does football and pro football mean to you, Shawnee? I mean, football is genuinely one of my favorite things in the entire world. Like, like straight up, like when I'm ranking things that I love, football is very, very high up there. You know, family, friend, like football's <laughs> there. What? Where do I rank, Sean? You're up there. You're up there. Right after With football. football. <laughs> That's fair. But That's I mean, fair. It's something I've talked about with you and sorry to I, interrupt sean you're above football for me i just want to get that out there thank you jonah i'm Make behind baseball, like the bad guy. but i'm above football <laughs> exactly you're sandwiched in there <laughs> um I, i've i've said to you and to a bunch of people that there's almost nothing in the world that makes me happier than waking up on a sunday morning at 9 50 walking out of my pajamas and my dk metcalf jersey to the couch putting on red zone and sitting and watching football from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. I mean, 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. I mean, it's just one of my favorite things in the entire world. And especially, you know, you have Sunday and then you have the Monday off of school. So you don't have to worry about the homework when it comes to Sunday night and you get to sleep in the next day and you just don't leave the couch all day. When? What Monday are we... There's, uh, you know, every once in a while, Jewish schools, Jewish holidays. We have Monday Fine, off. I know. We just said Labor Day. They couldn't sneak it in there. Seriously. Um, but it's, I mean, football is, means so much to me. I mean, everything that comes with fantasy and all the friendships and relationships and it Villains. brings to my life. I mean, I, I just love the game of football. I was telling, I told my roommates, because I was telling them, I said, look, on Sundays, and this Sunday is the first one. I'm going to be on the couch watching football. Like, I hope it's okay. I use the TV. And they go, what time is the game? And I go, I'll be there from 10 to 10. Yeah. <laughs> we but, got 10 a.m. Uh, games, the 1 p.m. games, and the 5 o'clock game. Yeah, it's beautifully. We're on and then also, is it okay if I use the TV Monday night and Thursday night and Saturday? <laughs> and Saturday and Friday night for more college football. And <laughs> Sundays, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays. Sundays, Wednesday, Thursday for the new Big Brother episodes. (laughs) All right, Sean, for this football season, each week that we have the podcast, we're going to pick our big three, meaning we each pick three spread picks and we'll, of course, keep track of our records. And just for the details, we're going to use ESPN spreads on the day of recording. So for the first time this year, week one, hit me with your big three. All right, I'm going to start off. Dolphins plus three at the Chargers. This Dolphins Dolphins offense is prolific. If Tua can stay healthy, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, they're so talented. This Charger team is still kind of iffy, super injury prone. Every year they say their defense is back, their offensive line is back, they rebuilt, they sound these things, and it hasn't quite worked out every year. So I'm going to take the Dolphins plus three. Next, I have the Giants at home plus three and a half against the Cowboys. I'm taking the home here. I don't love the Cowboys this year. I don't love Dak as as their starting quarterback. Even though it's my fantasy starting quarterback, I don't love him as their team starting quarterback. And I think Saquon, this improved Giants defense, I think they're going to have a pretty solid year coming into MetLife week one. 
I think this can be a tough game for the Cowboys, and I like the Giants. And then finally, the new improved offseason Jets plus two point five. I thought at about that home against the Bills. I mean, this I is a tough about that. pick because we know how talented the Bills are. We know Josh Allen. We know this defense. We know Stephon Diggs. But this Jets team is good. They're solid. And, and it's, it's one of those things where a lot of times you see these teams and they have an inexperienced quarterback that they're hoping turns out well. And the Jets have the opposite. The Jets have about as experienced of a quarterback you could find in the NFL, a multiple-time MVP, a Super Bowl winner in Aaron Rodgers. So they have that experience along with all the young talent. If Brees Hall come back, now they have Dalvin Cook, Garrett Wilson, they brought Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb adds some veteran presence, and then that defense is just good. Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed as the two corners are about as good as it gets. And I think it's going to be a tough task for the Bills, especially going to New York. So I have the Jets plus two and a half. Spreads hard. Spreads hard. All right. I'm going to start Steelers plus two and a half at home over the 49ers. Again, I'm not fully bought in on the 49ers. Kittle is questionable. Nick Bosa is nowhere to be found. Steelers given points at home. I like it. Moving into my second big three pick. Falcons plus three and a half at home over Panthers. Bryce Young, first game on the road. I don't want to take a debut on the road, and I like the dog here. I like the points with the Falcons. Lastly, Patriots plus four. Reasoning for that, two words, Belichick defense. There is my big three. All right. Fun question today, Sean. It was a, a little funky one, yeah? Yeah, definitely a little funky. Okay, here we go. If you were given the powers of Luke Skywalker, what sport would most benefit you? Okay, well, I wrote down an idea, but actually while you were saying that, I came up with another one. So I'm going to give you both. Deal. So my idea that I came up with earlier was basketball. I mean, the force jump can just go completely over everyone, dunk from nearly anywhere, and then also chuck it up from half court, use a force, put it in the basket. <laughs> they shoot, use a yep. force, make a mess, grab rebounds. You can do everything with it. Then the one I just thought of, put him in MMA. Oh, my God. <laughs> He's killing people. Force but, choking. But basketball is the main one. Yeah. No, I mean, really, any sport oh, could any be sport. used. But I went football. Again, that force jump, you throw him in the end zone. I mean, yeah, well, you leap it over everyone. And then he could, like, attract the ball and catch. He could be quarterback. So I think he could do anything. All right, let's pivot into our game before we wrap things up. What do you got for me? I, I think I got a good one for you and definitely, definitely a little tougher. Okay. I'm going to have you guess. We'll start with top five, see how well you do if you want to move a top ten of the biggest MLB stadiums based on capacity. Oh, I love this. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh, this is good. Oh, that's good. It's a good one, yeah? That's a really good one. This is Thank that's you. like This is fun for me. <laughs> okay. Number one's Dodger Stadium. Number one is not Dodger Stadium. Now that's Cap. Number two is Dodger Stadium. All right, so who are they putting at number one? Are the A's on there? The A's are number one. 
Yeah, that's cap because they blocked off all those seats and my hard well, dodgers. Blocking number... off seats is a different problem. They have the capacity okay. to whatever. Sit I got seven hundred eighty-two more people. And, I got A's Dodgers one and two. That's all that matters. A's Dodgers one and two. Yep. Padres. No. Okay. All right. Padres are. Is Colorado there? Colorado is three. Yeah. Ooh, Very good. Look at me. Okay, four and five. Yankee Stadium? Yankee Stadium, six. Okay. Chase? Chase is four. I'm really yeah. impressed, Jonah. This is very impressive. Thank you. All right, I need five. You need five. Okay. Is it random? Kind of. Kind of. Is it Texas? No. Detroit? Nope. Okay. Let me think. Let me think out loud here. I wanted to go Oracle. Not. Okay. Oh my God. There's so many. There's so many options. You can also work in the top ten. I think. I think you're doing good enough. We can go to the top ten. So if you want to take more guesses, you have five more parks. Okay. Angels. Angel seven. Miami. No Miami. You're missing five, eight, nine, ten. Okay. Five. God, I want to get that five. Is Minute Maid on that list? No. It is. It Minute Maid small. Roger Center. Roger Center. No. I mean, at this point, I'm just, I could just, I'm just naming stadiums. Let me think five for a sec. I don't know if I could get those back five. So I would just be, okay, so it's whatever, A's, Dodgers, Colorado, Arizona, number five. East Coast or West Coast? West Coast. Oh. Far West Coast. Is it Seattle? It is Seattle. Oh, wow. Very good. Seattle's five. All right. You know what? I'll settle there, Sean. All right. You want me to read you eight, nine, ten? Yeah. All right. Bush Stadium is eight. So in St. Louis. Oh. Camden Yards is nine. Then Citizens yeah. Bank Park in Philly is ten. Nice. That was fun. It's a good one. That's a great one. Yeah. All right, Sean. It's you ready for this game. weekend? I can't wait. I'm actually so excited. Well, you've been listening to the JSK Media Sports Podcast. We're excited over here. Hope you're excited too. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time.